Welcome to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes, an evolved perspective on life with dogs. Well, it's all Welcome to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. Great to be here as always and I'm excited for today's show because I get to talk to one of our listeners who uh, actually listens uh, from Austin, Texas. And one of the things that I love the most is hearing from you guys who are listening to the show because if it wasn't for you guys listening... There would be no reason for me to be here. <laughs> um, so thank you all for listening. However you do listen, whether it's uh, on, you know, locally or streaming through KKNW, uh, iTunes, SoundCloud, everywhere else the podcasts end up online. Uh, and of course, we have them all archived on our website, dogradioshow.com. So I have, um, so Susan from Texas, Austin, Texas. Susan, are you there? Can you hear me? I am there. Okay. Uh, excellent. Well, you emailed me about your three-year-old female Great Dane, and Correct. um, we emailed back and forth a little bit, and then um, we were able to figure out um that it would work to have you actually join me on the show, so that I could um give you some guidance and also share any information that might help anyone else in you know maybe with similar questions as you about your dog. Um, so welcome to the show and thank you for listening to the show because I know that's how you, you know, came to reach out in the first place is that you listen. So do you listen to the iTunes podcasts or how do you listen? I'm just curious. Yes, I do. I listen to the iTunes podcast and I do a power walk every morning and I just happened to come upon it via uh, a search and because um, I was looking for all stuff dog related because I'm really, really into dogs. Mm-hmm. And um, came upon your uh, your show, so I have been listening for a good while now, and um, I have changed a lot of things about my dog's um, lifestyle just because of listening. Like her whole diet is now completely different. Oh, awesome! So and and she's on you know some supplements as well. Yeah. So many thanks. Well, thank you for for you know translating that, and I'm sure she's loving all the changes that you made and, and have you noticed a difference or even just in her excitement over her food? Or I'm curious to know just a couple of the diet changes that you made as a result of listening. Well, um, the diet changes that we made, we were already feeding her a pretty good, I hate to even say this, a pretty good kibble, one of the best <laughs> ones on, on the market, yep. but yep. it was still kibble. Um, and then uh, I listened to the, to the um, podcast about, uh, raw food and cooked foods and just feeding your dog whole food, all the foods that, that you would normally eat mm-hmm. um, and like cooking the food and all. Now, that that I have to go, I have to say I'm going a little too far. I, I don't have time to cook her food, you know, let alone cook our own food. But um, we now feed her a combination of Honest Kitchen, mm-hmm. which is the dehydrated food and there's another brand and it is dehydrated i believe or freeze-dried i can't remember but it's zeewee yeah zeewee Have you heard of that yeah uh-huh so that that we mix the the honest kitchen with the zeewee and i have to say she just really really loves it and she i'm we may have not been feeding we may have been feeding her too much and so now she's very excited and acts like she is hungry mm-hmm. which I think is always a good sign because, um, especially in a Great Dane, you do not want to overfeed them. Yeah. And um, so she is definitely lean. Good. And um, we want to keep her that way. Yeah. Yeah. Generally speaking, the less processed, the better. And the good thing is that there are so many options now for that um, because most people don't have time or, you know, a lot of people don't have time to to cook their dog's food or they, they might worry that they're not getting the formulation right and might be exactly. missing a nutrient. Yeah. So that's it, exactly what I was worried about. Yeah. So it's, um, it's nice to have all these options now and there's one to keep your eye out too for that makes a dehydrated, uh, I'm sorry, a freeze dried 
uh, that I like a lot is um, called Canine Natural. So keep your eye out for that one oh, right. wherever you yeah, shop. I've tried, I've tried that one, too. Good. Well, okay. she's and, um, so tell me now, what's what is her name? Remind me of her name. Your dog. Lola. 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 Mm-hmm. And she's three years old. She's three and a half in December. She will be four. Okay. And um, she is a very calm disposition dog. Always has been. Mm. She went through her, her puppy phase, just like all puppies do, and active and everything. And, I mean, one week before her second birthday, she just went into chill mode big yeah. time. Yep. And then, and then right before her third birthday, she went into another chill mode. So she is... She's the lazy girl. Yeah. She has she has a, a um an Instagram account and she's called like um Lola the show girl the song this is, her handle is Lola the slow girl. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so a lot of those not all of them, but a lot of the 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 giant breeds tend to move a little slower. So what are the challenges that you um you know training or behavior related that you reached out to me for? Okay. So we have socialized her to the very, very best that we possibly could. We have always taken her out around people, around other dogs. Living in Austin, we are very, very lucky to have a very dog-friendly um, city. And there is a downtown park that is huge, giant, and it's just open open fields where everybody gets together and does, has picnics and um, soccer play, soccer fields everywhere. And it's just a free-for-all, and dogs run around uh, leash-free, and it's just great. And so we've been going there all of her life, and she's always had fun with other dogs. And um, one day, we were there, and she was just being her regular slow self, and she was just walking around, and she walked up to a group of dogs that were just also super calm. And... And I don't want to, you know, say anything negative about the breed, but there were two pit bulls in the, um, in the, uh, in the mix, and they were just sniffing her like all dogs do. And I don't know if she was emitting some sort of uh, scent to them, but they just, in an instant, it all changed, and they just attacked her viciously. Both of them took her down. And this, at this point, she was about 18 months old. And nothing like that has ever, ever, ever happened to her. And um, they took her down and just slashed her open. It was unbelievably fearful. Mm. Fearful for me, for the dog, everything. And um, we end up in the emergency uh, vet hospital having her stitched up and everything. So that has definitely made a, an impression on her. Yeah, And now she doesn't mess around. And there have been other incidents where dogs have attacked her. But now she retaliates. If she feels a little bit uneasy mm-hmm. or um, or if a dog doesn't have good manners when it comes up to her, she kind of quivers her lip and she will just, you know, do that. Mm-hmm. And she has, never, she has never broken skin or made anybody bleed. And this is only dog to dog. No humans at all, ever, ever, ever. But um, but she just has now this kind of fear aggression. Yeah. And we have not babied her. We have, even before her stitches came out, we went right back to the park, and maybe that was a mistake. We went right back to the park so she wouldn't have some sort of, you know, fear thing happen. And um, it's been very slow to mature, but now uh, she, especially in a certain situation, and that's why I'm calling and why I'm reaching out to you, is because um, we have family members who have a country property, and they have wonderful land, and it's great for dogs, and it's just a free-for-all for dogs there. And and, um, our family has probably at one given time, there's at least maybe seven dogs there. And Lola is absolutely the biggest. The rest of them are little, little yappy dogs, but that's neither here nor there. But there is one dog that loves Lola, and it's a little French bulldog. And they're both about the same age, but he, he, I think, annoys her now. Now that she's gotten older and more mature, his uh, energy level is way, way higher than hers. And he's, you know, bouncing off the wall around her. 
And I think she just holds it together until she just absolutely bursts. And then she can't anymore, and she will just roar in his face. And um, I feel like she's just telling him, leave me alone, I've had enough. Um, but the family members are saying, no, this cannot happen anymore. You've got to get a handle on this. And I say this because she has lashed out to other dogs at, out there in the country, and it's always been inside the home, never outside. It's been inside the home when there have been lots of people around, and she it might have been a, a point where she was felt a little claustrophobic, and all the dogs were kind of standing around. The people were standing around, and she felt like maybe she didn't have a way out. She lashed out to a, um, a little mini schnauzer, who was an older dog that wasn't even paying any attention to her. He didn't, he didn't even know she was there or mm-hmm. had no, you know, wasn't even doing anything. And then at another incident, it was an Australian shepherd that she lashed out against another older dog. The same situation, kind of claustrophobic. But I'll back up in that um, at, our, at our home across the street from our house, there's kind of a, a green belt area where she goes and does her business. And uh, she was standing there once, and the woman came walking up with her pack of four Australian shepherds. And as they were passing by, um, Lola, one of the dogs, just pulled on the leash and attacked Lola for no absolute reason whatsoever. Lola was just standing there. And I don't know if her size is intimidating or the woman did say that 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 dog was somewhat aggressive and she had to keep an eye on him but that's neither here nor there now she doesn't like any australian shepherds Mm. no pit bulls Mm -hmm. and for some strange reason no doodle dogs either Mm -hmm. anyway Hmm. well first of all i'm I'm sorry to hear about that attack that happened when she was 18 months old it was it was very yeah um so this brings up a lot. This brings up a lot for me to talk about. Okay. Um, but I, I do want to stay. <laughs> I'm going to try to stay on track and focus on Lola for you to give you guidance, and then I'll make other comments along the way. Um, okay. So it, you know, she's she. You guys had gone to this place before many times. This is earlier on before anything like this happened. It was this place where it was like this like social group. Uh, met very frequently and everybody had a great time and there was no incident. And then one day you're there, she's in a, uh, around a group of dogs. And for whatever reason, uh, a, a part of the group, there were two pit bulls. And for whatever reason, out of nowhere, um, they, uh, they attacked her, um, the two dogs, correct? Correct. And do you know, did they, or did they live together by chance? Yes. Okay. They did. Um, and really, I mean, like really attack, like took her down and slashed her up, like you said. So this was a exactly. serious, this was a serious a- attack different from what she is doing or what she has done where she has sort of rah, rah, rah at other dogs, but she's not caused damage. Correct. That's and that, right. It's not an accident when dogs do or don't cause damage Usually, I mean, okay. if there is a dog fight and someone puts their hand in the mix, then and they get bit, that could be, you know, maybe that doesn't mean the dog's aggressive towards people, but the dog was in the middle of, of you know, kind of a fight and then it was more incidental. So by that, I mean, there's kind of always exceptions. But generally speaking, with dog aggression, when one of the first questions that I ask to assess um, the level of aggression is has the dog caused damage or not because that they it, it, there's a real thick line um, that we can draw. So this is a dog okay. that we're working with who has not caused damage to other dogs if we're talking about dog to dog aggression um, right. versus a dog who has caused damage. So we know that the dog will go there or they haven't gone there and that's not by accident. It's uh-huh. it's the difference between, um, you know, a little tap on the shoulder to get someone's attention versus, you know, a slug across the face with a fist like that doesn't yeah. happen by accident. So dogs use yeah. their mouths. They have incredible control over their jaws, et cetera, et cetera. 
She's yeah. 18 months. Uh-huh. She's 18 months old, so she's adolescent. The age doesn't really matter so much, but she was adolescent when this happened. Out of nowhere, she gets attacked. So she essentially has PTSD as yeah, a result. That's what somebody else told me that was probably going yeah. on with her. It was traumatic. Right. Understandably. Humans oftentimes have, you know, could have post-traumatic stress disorder for going through the same experience. And unfortunately, you know, for humans who have been attacked by dogs, it, you know, it can it impacts the central nervous sure. system. It's not, yeah. you know, it's not something that that when you get triggered, it's not something that you necessarily have control of. And with humans, there's all of these, you know, resources. So not to take anything away from the challenge of living with post-traumatic stress disorder as a human. There, there are also, we, we know a lot about it as far as uh, therapies to work humans toward uh, being able to live more with more ease with their PTSD. Um, dogs, you know, um, a lot of uh, professionals who work with behavior like myself recognize that dogs do experience post-traumatic stress disorder, but we can't process with them the way that we can with people. So it's like, well, how do I, you know, what are the tools that I can use to work a dog out of this? Um, Uh uh, When it's the kind of thing where she was ripped open. I mean, we're not talking like, oh, she got spooked by something. She actually, she got ripped open. She got ripped into. So we're talking Uh fight or flight, you know, and she, yeah. So again, Uh I'm just so sorry that that happened. And well, thank you. I appreciate Unf- that. Unfortunately, I've um, it's a tough topic. the 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 pit bull yeah. topic is a tough one because they're not all yeah. aggressive, but there are right. there are plenty that are, and they're very dangerous. And we cannot ignore genetics. We, That's right. We can't. So right. anybody who tells huh. me that it has to be trained into them can come and meet my Australian cattle dogs, or any herding <laughs> breed that did not need to be trained to know how to herd to have the instinct. Exactly. That's right. Yes. It's yes. not the dog's it's, fault. I'm not, uh, you know, whatever. And I actually, inter- you know, so anyway, I, I mean, really, I've done a whole, sh- I, there's a lot there. This is a big, big issue. You're not the only one that I've heard of who's had this sort of unfair type attack. And I'm not blaming the dogs, but we as humans bred them genetically to exactly. be that way. Uh-huh. So, and, and just to also say, um, the dogs that did attack her, they looked very skilled at what they were doing. It, they looked like they knew exactly how to go about it. Um, well, that's instinct. So it's not... Oh, okay. That's, okay, so that's not something... Okay. No, it doesn't mean that's that... Good. I mean, who knows, right? And I'm, I don't think it's right. worth the time to go down that road, but who knows? Yeah. They don't yeah. have to be, though. My my Our female cattle dog is extremely skilled with sheep. And, and she, she was right. out of the gates the first time that we huh. took her... To herding, she uh-huh. was like on like the the herding trainer that we went to was blown away by her. Like, wow, she's so there's just natural skill. It's it's just drive. Uh-huh. So, That's so cool. Uh-huh. Regardless, um, okay. So anyway, that happened, and now <laughs> yeah. you and now your dog who was attacked out of nowhere. So. So that's where she's like, I don't know where this could come from. This could come from out of nowhere. And that's really messes with the mind as well, because you're like, well, I don't know. Like, I didn't do anything. So I have no control over whether this happens again or not. I can't tell. So I'm just, you know, and then there's also specific things to recognize about triggers for her Uh to help um, work with her to manage her. Cause I think a lot of, um, a lot of this and moving forward with her is really setting her up in situations where as best you can, where things feel manageable and recognizing situations that are not good for her to be in. Um, because they, it, so looking back on, um, the initial incident at 18 months, she was in a group of dogs. Um, Uh And it sounds like, and and then now we've got the second um, incident that happened 
more recently where uh, there were four Australian shepherds walking by her. They were all on leash and somehow one of them attacked her. Now, did that dog cause any damage to her? Any bites? Um, yes, a little. Just not very bad, but just a little blood on her cheek. Nothing that. Okay, was, so know, made contact, though. And this is yeah, a dog that's yeah. already been attacked by two pit bulls. Uh-huh. So it's not going to take much for her to feel like, oh, here I am right back in that situation again. Okay. Um, and then now she's got some, you know, now she's like, well, you know, I'm going to cross Australian Shepherds off my list of dogs that I can feel safe around. And and I'm going to, you know, feel real edgy if I'm in a group of dogs because that's what that's the con. So really looking at the context that she was uh-huh. in. OK, because they dogs and animals in general are very context specific with events like this and you don't know a lot of times we don't know uh there could be uh something really random a person um who had a certain you know a cowboy hat on and and she saw the cowboy hat and and somehow paired it with this traumatic event even though the person with the cowboy hat maybe didn't even do anything to her or a, a flag or, you know, who knows, uh-huh. um, umbrella or something like that, that, that it will just kind of get associated in with a traumatic event. And so really understanding her triggers, uh-huh. really appreciating this as PTSD or treating it as PTSD and, and um, really thinking about what are, what are the things what do all the situations where she maybe overcorrects other dogs, uh-huh. um, what do they all have in common? Is it always when she's in a group? Before um, this before this was complicated only, by this Australian Shepherd right. deal. It has, it has always been where there have been other dogs around. The only time that she did do a little bit of a, you know, Lash out was um, in an open field near our home, and uh, a Belgian Malinois neighbor dog picked up her toy um, when when my husband and and Lola were playing with the toy. The Belgian Malinois came up, ran up, and grabbed her toy, and she didn't like that, so she. But again, no damage. But I have to say. She has not caused any damage because we were always right there to pull her away real quick. And that's just a, a, an instinct or, or a, a reaction that we have, a human has. Pull it away, you know, before it gets out of hand. So no dog has ever retaliated because we pulled him apart fast enough or pulled her away fast enough. And um, we've put a stop to it before it could even escalate into anything else so all that to say yes still she has never caused any damage caused any um you know blood Mm -hmm. but but outside of that but it has all been a situation where there have been other dogs around or it was um you know kind of a dog park situation where there's lots of dogs around and they're all running and you know she does seem to get a little nervous when we're in a situation like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, now, aside from uh, the dog that's stolen her toy or something like that, where there's something that's actually happened, but in these ones right. where you're feeling like she's, it just feels like it's out of nowhere. You can tell she's feeling a little claustrophobic, but nothing uh-huh. actually, ha- you know, you there wasn't a specific, like the dog stole her bone or something like that. Were there, uh-huh. um, in those situations, has there, has there always been um, uh, multiple dogs when this has happened? Or has she done it sometimes where, where she, it's one-on-one? So she's, she's just interacting with one other dog. There's no toys to steal or anything like that. They're just standing there. And then, no, or, it's always, there's always been something. Um, the only time it's ever been an, on a, a one-on-one was with the um, French bulldog that I was telling you about that had that is just a fireball. He's just full of activity all the time. And the latest incident was when we were um, out in the country, and she is a dog that sleeps a lot. And at this on this particular day, 
she had not gotten any naps. She was probably tired, probably stressed all day long because we were in a situation with several dogs in the house. And um, we had all gathered in another room. And I thought, well, this is a good time for her to just lay down and, and get comfortable. So I pulled her, her bedding in where we were, where, where the adults were all sitting around. And immediately, as soon as I laid down her bedding, uh, the little French bulldog came running and jumped on her bed. And that just pissed her off. Okay. And she just, she, you know, attacked him then. Okay. Well, she corrected him. Corrected him. Yes. Okay. Let me just say that. She okay. Corrected him. So there's um, a distinction around natural, healthy, appropriate corrections and attack. Yes. Uh-huh. Big... This is really, I mean, this is important for anybody who has a dog <laughs> because okay. this is something that's, uh, you yeah, know, it's, it's an understanding dog communication and dogs for who they are and how they set boundaries. And how dogs set boundaries is, is, is through correction. And, they, and when, you know, ideally there's, there's many, many levels that they'll go through or at least a few levels that, that an individual will go through before, you know, um, escalating to a level where where the other dog might get hurt. So, uh, you know, oftentimes uh, they're able to resolve conflict without actually causing injury. So there's a lot of factors to this as well. Of course, you've got the individual dog, um, the, the relationship between the two dogs, the, the more of a relationship that there is, the, the more... Um, successful conflict resolution can be same thing with people right <laughs> um right so. so you know the bond the, the all of that that's there underneath in the first place but just generally speaking there is a big difference between a dog giving a correction and a dog attacking another dog and it's harder when you have a big dog like a great dane and she yeah. and she you know rah, 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 at another dog and everyone's like oh my gosh you know that dog's gonna uh-huh. die and you're like well no right no. so um yeah. So I just want to make that distinction because anytime, if if anytime she corrects another dog, she gets corrected from people, that's going to make it worse. Oh, huh. She has to have space now. Of course, we want to make sure that you know you're 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 not just you know throwing the other dog out to the wolves, so to speak, right? And like, oh well, good right. luck. Of course. Uh-huh. So this is tricky. This is hard to navigate because it's hard for someone who's not professional to distinguish what I would recommend doing. Um, you know, I don't know how re- how reasonable this is, but if you can uh-huh. if you can ever get video of it, don't set it up like, hey, let's watch and see what happens. I mean, I, I want you to do what you <laughs> yeah. would sort of normally do, but get uh-huh. video of it and watch. And then you can s- kind of look and see, look at, look for communication that's happening in between the two dogs. Um, look to okay. see if she's given any warning. So a warning could be something as re- as subtle as a body stiffen, a stiffening of the body, tightening of the lip, tightening uh-huh. of the mouth, or a hard stare uh-huh. where she just, mm, you know, mm, I don't, I'm not comfortable with you on my bed or, mm, uh-huh. And then the only thing I've ever the only thing I've ever seen before she does her correction is a little bit of a little uh, lip curl. Yeah. So that's, that's a warning. Very, it's very subtle. And well, when I see that, what should, I've I've often seen it and I just let it go and see if maybe it works itself out. Is that a bad idea? If she's giving a so let's use the Frenchie as an example. Um yeah. uh-huh. If if she's given him a lip curl, okay, and he is like whatever, and just keeps at her, so right. he, so he is not listening. Yeah. Okay. So I would be curious to know about that dog's relationship with boundaries with his humans. Okay. And if they have boundaries with him, because if it's a free for all at home, yeah. uh huh. You know, has he learned? Frenchies also can have, um, so similarly with pit bulls, um, bull breeds in general, and even terriers. Well, that, so this is the terrier yeah, part. That's, that's what his owner is very um, afraid of, is that if Lola does give him a correction, that he might retaliate in a big way, and then, then it becomes a bad thing. Well, 
Frenchies can ha- are are uh, vulnerable to something called arousal aggression, and so are pits and terriers. Okay, where they just they get as a function of getting excited, it can just kind uh-huh. of flip a switch and then they, you know. Ah. And it's okay. very genetic. So I'm saying, you know, I'm saying this very generally. I've seen it a lot in certain breeds. Um, okay. Uh, and, and that's one breed that is, that is a breed that I've seen it a lot in, especially around other dogs. In fact, I have a, a lesson tonight in Seattle with a eight-month-old French bulldog who has gotten aggressive with the dog that he lives with. Ah, okay. So, Good. no, oh. of course, not all Frenchies have this, just like not... All herding breeds want to herd. There are some individuals uh-huh. that don't have a strong drive, and that's true yeah. with any breed. It's true with pit bulls also. There's also more of those dogs because it's what they're bred to do that do have that drive for varying degrees. And the dogs that uh-huh. have the high drive are the dogs that are are the ones that are potentially, in the case of arousal aggression, very dangerous. So, so there, you know, there's a lot there as far as that, but it's you know. I, and I've, you know, you're in Texas, so um, unless you're road tripping it out here, I'm not going to get to meet her, you know. Um, right. You could send me some videos for sure. I'd be okay. happy if, if you're, I mean, that's another thing that's just hard logistically. Like, how do you capture this on slow-mo video? Yeah. I mean, ideally, that'd for be sure. great. Um, mm-hmm. So, um, but to just think about, you know, think about this as you're, you know, moving through your life with her as you continue to do that, her life with uh-huh. you, um, that she should be allowed to correct other dogs naturally as dogs do. Okay. Um, and we don't want to overcorrect her because then she's just going to feel like, well, n- not only do I feel super vulnerable because I've been attacked, but now I also feel like I have no voice. And what, what can happen is that if you start, if, if humans, um, correct their dog for giving warning corrections, what can happen is that it can actually create aggression that is more dangerous because now you've taken the dog's ability to give warnings away. Wow. So moving forward then, how should we react when when she does give corrective warnings? We're going to hold that thought. We're going to uh, hear from our supporters, and we're going to okay. come back talking with Susan in Austin, Texas, about her dog, Lola, a uh, four years old in December Great Dane who, when she was 18 months old, was attacked um, while out with a group of dogs by two pit bulls. It was a real scary attack. She got all slashed up, and now she basically has PTSD around groups of dogs, So we're kind of hashing this out together. We'll be back in just a few minutes. You're listening to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. Her name was Lola. She was a showgirl with yellow Looking for an easy way to give your dog's food a boost in nutrition? Or maybe your dog has a sensitive digestive tract, itchy skin, or is just a picky eater. We've had such great success feeding St. John Creamery raw goat's milk to our pack, and I recommend it to my clients all the time. You can get raw goat's milk for your dog all over the country, but if you live in Western Washington, be sure it's St. John Creamery you reach for in the freezer section of your local independent pet supply store. You can also pick up your milk at drop locations around the area. Visit stjohncreamery.com to learn more. That's stjohncreamery.com. Your dogs will love you for it. Eric, people ask me to help them with all sorts of doggy challenges. I can only imagine. Oh yeah, dogs jumping on guests, new puppy questions, behavioral challenges like fear and aggression, Even dog food sensitivities, you name it, and I've probably worked with it. But can you help people even if they don't live in Seattle? Absolutely. I've had great success with phone consultations and have even Skyped with people and their dogs from all over the country. Every dog should be approached as a unique individual. I've talked about this over and over again on the show. That's one of the parts of working with dog training and behavior that I love the most. Every client is different. 
If you're listening and you need help with your dog, just get in touch. I'd love to get you pointed in the right direction and answer all of your questions. Email me, host at dogradioshow.com. That's me, Julie Forbes, host at dogradioshow.com. I look forward to connecting. Wait, dogs can use Skype? We're really living in the future. (laughs) Want to hear something different from talk radio? Keep your dial on Alternative Talk 1150. And now, back to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. Her name is Lola. She was a showgirl, but that was 30 years ago. Welcome back to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. I'm talking with a listener from Texas, Susan, and her, uh, about her dog, Lola, who is about three and a half years old now. And when she was 18 months old, she was attacked in a group setting, just a social group setting. She was out of nowhere attacked by two pit bulls and um, was pretty ripped up and now has some complications in interacting with other dogs. Susan, welcome back. Thank you. So um, if you've missed any part of this show, you can catch it all on our website, on iTunes, on SoundCloud. Um uh, so if you've you know if you're just tuning in, you can catch all of our shows archived online. So Susan, um, you had just asked. Um, so what do I do when she does give a an appropriate correction? Right. 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 Uh huh. Well, my first answer is nothing. You just let her do it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, it's got to be appropriate though, and so that's the scary thing, and that's what's harder about bigger dogs. I mean, if this was a Maltese. Yeah. You know, uh-huh. not you're like, OK, well, I, you know, um, but she's not caused damage yet. And you said that, well, we've been able to intervene quick enough. And 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 so and so it hasn't gotten worse because we've because we've been right there to pull them apart or whatever, you know. And I don't know how another dog is going to react to her. There's so many variables. I, you know, it's hard to it's hard to say. But but but. What I feel the most strongly in this conversation with you over the phone is that it's not an accident that she hasn't caused damage. I think you can probably trust her more, but that is in situations where you're setting her up for success. So, you know, with this Frenchie who's all over her and, you know, kind of nonstop. And she's like, dude, you've got to give it a rest. Like, get off my bed. I need some space. What had happened prior to that is that she had, she had earlier in the day had been dealing with being with a group of dogs and, and it was the end of the day and, you know, she was tired. And that's an important factor because when anybody is tired, myself included, my ability to cope with an irritation is compromised. Uh-huh. Yes, that's that's for sure what my husband and I definitely talked about and said. Mm-hmm. We know this that she was mm-hmm. irritated by this that point in the day. Yep. For sure. So don't mm-hmm. don't put her in a situation where she has to deal. Okay. It's you okay. Sh- and I. So it's not fair. It's not fair that she that you have to you know that that she's compromised because of this attack. The attack wasn't fair, and it uh-huh. shouldn't have happened. Right. But it ha- it happens, unfortunately, and it did happen, and, and we can't go back in time. So, okay, what can we do moving forward to help her set her up for success? And, and also, you know, one thing that I think of is, like, really making sure as best as you can, you know, because we can't control the world 100%, but to try to set her up in the ways that you know how to um, so that the interactions that she does have with other dogs are successful interactions. Yes, that's what we have definitely, um, you know, made sure that the dogs that she does meet now moving forward have been fun and exciting. And she does really, really well one-on-one mm-hmm. when she meets a dog just, you know, one-on-one. It's really good. Even... Even if they're more lively, it, mm-hmm. it does work. Yeah. But, um, and she uh, had just come off of being with a group of dogs, and then you're like, okay, you're tired. We're going to move you in here. And then that's when that thing happened with the Frenchie. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So that was her being like, oh, my gosh, like I've just, you know, dealt with this and I'm that stressed me out. I don't have the ability to cope with you right now. And and then also just saying like she didn't cause damage. Now, is he right. as a French bulldog, if she if she corrects him and it's a big correction, is that going to set him off? I don't know. But that's his issue, not hers. As long as oh, she's not okay. attacking him. Okay. If she's okay. not. So I'm talking about a fair correction. Okay. A fair correction, her setting a boundary in an appropriate way as a dog, which means snapping and snarling, is appropriate uh-huh. as a dog. Would a, would a, a dog be able to read that, or do some dogs not really read other dogs appropriately? Most of them read appropriately. Okay. That's dog. And that's like dogs. That's, yeah. Dog and, communication. And, what, and I think Lola understands that i mean she she doesn't mind it when a dog runs up to her you know and comes up to her side and sniffs her her midsection first but if they run up to her face to face that's when she gets that look in her eye like oh god i'm scared mm-hmm. and um if i can just before i forget my thought can i just also say it because of what's come what's gone down in the past, when we are approached by other dogs or another dog or something, if I'm feeling a little nervous, whether I'm touching her or not, can she feel my insecurity? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's what I was figuring. And yeah. I don't know how to control that in me. I know. So, yeah. yeah. So having, um, ha- when you're setting her up for success and you know, so when you're at the most, when you are at your most comfortable, uh-huh. Okay, socialization happens through relationships, first of all. I wouldn't take exactly. her to the dog park anymore. Okay. She doesn't like it. Okay. I wouldn't want to go to a, gy- a gymnasium full of strangers to socialize. I call my friends. <laughs> okay. Right? I call people right. I like, not just one-on-one strangers. It's people uh-huh. I have relationships already. That's with already. That's who I socialize with. That's who people socialize with. Dogs uh-huh. are the same way. Yeah. So she's got doggy friends. So um, less is more in some situations. Some people think I got to socialize my and then that's, you know, dog parks and it's and it's not it's quality, not quantity. So through relationships, we want her to have positive experiences. And I would I would come up with a phrase, a word or phrase like say hi or that's nice or, you know, it's your fr- yeah. friend or whatever. So whatever you want to say, it doesn't matter that's what you choose. That's what I have done. You know, when a, when a dog comes up, I can see in the distance, here comes a dog. I'm like, look at Pippi, yay, you know. And I want to say it maybe is, is helping a little bit. Well, if it helps you feel better, then it probably helps her feel better. But we want to okay. actually attach it to a context where there is something constructive right. happening. So okay. she's she. So you can even set this up. So, like, who is her favorite dog that you have uh, reasonable access to? Her favorite uh-huh. best buddy. Yeah. Start it with that. So, okay, okay, let's you set up a play date. The dogs greet the for the first time. Oh, it's you. Oh, it's you. They come over and they greet. And then you say, oh, that's nice or, or whatever. Okay. Say, oh, good, uh-huh. good, say hi. Look at you saying hi to your friend. Say hi, okay. say hi, say mm-hmm. hi to your friend. Say right. So you're saying that phrase, whatever it is, over and over and over again while she's interacting with a dog that she feels safe with and who she has okay. a relationship with. Okay. So then when every time that she's meeting a dog who she knows and who you know is safe, you would say that. You would help her be okay. like, oh, like let's, oh, here comes, you know, so and so. Let's uh-huh. say hi to your friend. Say hi to your friend. Oh, this is your friend. Or so just, you know, whatever the word Got or it. phrase is. Got now, it. the uh-huh. thing you want to be careful about is that you don't, don't you know, do this at the dog park where she's surrounded by dogs you don't know. And then all of a sudden one of them attacks her. There goes your safe oh. phrase. Got it. Okay. So, okay. but it can help her in um, situ- situations. So, like I said earlier, there's just a lot of managing that needs to happen as a result of her trauma from this dog attack that, you know, happened when she was a year and a half old. Uh-huh. Um, but that can really help her, gr- you sort of ground her and give her a sense of familiarity and safety because you've basically conditioned that phrase 
Okay. But you've let her doggy friends. Socialization, again, when as you're trying to socialize her and make her more comfortable, it's quality, not quantity. So it's interactions with dogs that she ideally has, um, d- that she develops relationships with. Okay. So it's not just a new dog every time, you know, socialized, new yeah. dog every time. It's like, oh, here's this dog again, and here's the same dog again. And, oh, you played with this dog two weeks ago. Here's this dog again. And, oh, now this is the fifth time that you are interacting with this dog. And, you, oh, wow, you guys really get along well. You have great chemistry. This And, and uh-huh. that's going to help her um, build her conf- confidence. Yeah. Exactly. We okay. said the same word at the same time. It's all about yeah. her, her confidence. Uh-huh. And and okay, that's going to be rooted in relationship. Okay, so I'm gonna, I want to ask you two things. What we have been doing up until this call to try to deal with with this is every time, and we just got this from somebody who just mentioned this to us. Every time we're out and about, and she sees a dog or reacts to just looking or you know turns her head towards a dog that she sees or something. We give her a treat, and hopefully that is to instill, you know, when you see a dog, whether it be strange or or not a strange dog or a friend, uh, it reinforces it by giving her a treat, and that's a a good feeling. Isn't that just dumb? I'm so glad you brought that up. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Counter conditioning is way over applied, and the timing is so key also. So okay. the, the thing yeah. the thing is that she was attacked and ripped open by two dogs. Uh-huh. So if her if this is a situation where she's sees another dog and the immediate response that her body has is fear, and then you go okay. and give her a treat, you're actually reinforcing fear. Oh god, okay. All right. The other thing is is that if I was uh walking down the street and I was assaulted by a, you know, white male in his 50s with a beard and an um, eye patch or something. Uh-huh. Um, my association of, of somebody who fits that bill. I mean, we're talking about assault. I'm talking about trauma. Yeah. You know, go, give me a $20 bill every time I see an image of that is not necessarily going to override trauma. Yeah. So okay. you, you can't buy off so easily with treats, and it's it's something. And the reason why you were told to do this, whether it's by a professional or by somebody who's, you know, just trying to give you information to help you, is because this is most of the information that's available to people about working dogs through behavioral challenges is counter-conditioned with treats, and it's way over-applied. Huh. And okay. in a lot of situations, and this isn't just in, with counter-conditioning, but kind of working with dogs in general— kind of a, a kicker of it and I say it a lot to my clients when we're meeting either in person or via Skype is um, oftentimes not only are we just you know it's not that you're just being sort of neutrally ineffective but uh-huh. a lot of times what we're doing in an effort to try to make things better and to try to do something training or behavior modification related we're not only just being neutrally ineffective but a lot of times we're actually making it worse Okay. So I, I don't, that's my, I mean, that's just a great example. And it's why I said, I'm so glad that you brought that up because it just, if it was that simple, you know? Yeah. I wish it was that simple. And it it doesn't mean that, it doesn't mean that positive association and conditioning, they are very powerful phenomenon, but, but it, it's over applied. It it doesn't just, it's not a fix all. And the timing is important. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, um, timing is definitely too. We have tried it and have failed, you know, because of, of the timing. And it's just like, Ugh. it's hard. So and we don't, it was also, you know, it's something that works really well in controlled, uh, controlled settings like, uh-huh. uh, you know, laboratories where a lot of this uh, um, behavioral, all of these, a lot of these behavioral ideas come out of very controlled settings, scientific uh-huh. settings. Um, and, yeah. and that's not life either. So that's another complication, too. This might be something that would work really well if this dog um, was a part of a, a research trial and lived in a mm. lived in a 100 yeah. percent controlled environment with professionals doing it. 
but we've got owners who are not professional out in the world where anything can happen trying got to do it. this counter conditioning and, and it just it doesn't touch it okay okay i i so get it okay so my- so again you know i would i would it's hard because she's big and and anytime you hear aggression from a dog we get scared and that's why exactly. owner, owners end up getting into fights a lot at dog parks because you have one dog who really appropriately corrects another dog, rah, 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 you know, and yeah. it's like, oh, my gosh, it's, you know, your dog's, a, you know, and then yeah. it's just yeah. misunderstood. We've been but there. We've been that for sure. Uh-huh. And it's, it's not to say dog. that it's not to say that sometimes she's not overcorrecting because it sounds like she is sometimes. Right. And so that's the challenge is. And and when you get a do- when a dog where a dog is vulnerable to overcorrecting, and I see this all the time, is in doggy daycares dog parks, or any situation where they feel overwhelmed. Okay. They will overcorrect. So in a situation one-on-one where she might give a lip curl to give a Uh warning to a dog, Uh I'm not comfortable, I'm asking you to back up right now is kind of the translation for that. Right. A lot of dogs who will do that beautifully one-on-one or in a small group, you put those dogs into a doggy daycare or some sort of situation where they're overwhelmed and there's like 50 dogs in a small space and it's really unnatural yeah, those dogs yeah. who are normally fine will go and and overcorrect doesn't mean that they're going to cause damage but it's just going to be too much it's like that okay yeah. like you know you didn't cause damage but that was really way too much don't you think you know but their their ability to cope with irritation is compromised because they're stressed and they're Got overwhelmed it. i totally get that okay so you know i could be here for a lot longer talking to you but we are at the end of our time um, okay. I hope that this gives you at least some some things or at least some understanding maybe of where she's coming from. I really think setting her up for success, understanding uh-huh. what are the situations that where she's really compromised and it's really hard for her to be there. Have her either only be in them for a short period of time and then give her a break. Okay. Or don't bring her there like dog parks, for example. If she doesn't if she's not having fun, don't go. Dogs okay. don't have to be, dogs generally don't have to go to dog parks to be happy. There's a lot Got of it. dogs that are just way overwhelmed. It's too much. It's not fun. So socialization happens through relationships. And the other thing I just want to leave you with is I would talk to your vet, talk to your veterinarian and see if medication might help her. Okay. And I don't know what kind. There's a bunch of them to try. Um, okay. But that's just something else that might, since we're talking about trauma and Anxiety. Uh-huh. I think she's got anxiety around other dogs, and that's part of what's uh-huh. contributing to her behavior. So talk to your vet- veterinarian about maybe some medications to help, see if that sounds like a good fit to him or her. Okay. And okay. Uh, I really thank you so much for listening to the show and for being on the show with me. This was really, there was a lot that was brought up here, and I feel like I could tangent on each one for another hour, but we are right. out of time. So, okay. Susan, Perfect. let me know how things continue to go. Let's stay in touch. And okay. thanks for listening to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. I sure appreciate it so much. Thank you very, very much. You're welcome. been listening to the dog show with julie forbes wednesday afternoons at two on alternative talk 11:50 a.m never miss another episode listen to our podcast online at dogradioshow.com or download them for free on itunes or soundcloud